So maybe every day is the, the ideal, but you know, if you're hitting it four or five times a week, that's pretty legit. Certainly a lot better than what I'm, what I've been doing of late. This runs radio episode 1009 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Well, 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 here we are. Another year drawn to a close. Time to uh, not only turn the page on the calendar, but actually get out a new calendar and uh, open it up to page one. Uh, but before we, we look to January 2022, we got to officially close the book on uh, December 2021. And if you've been around here for very long at all, you know that that means it's time for a little uh, you ask, I answer, a little bit of listener Q&A to wrap up another year. So uh, if you're new around here, this is this is how we close down each month. The last Friday of each month is dedicated to your questions, my answers. Occasionally, if it all works out uh, well, which it doesn't always, but if it all works out well, maybe some useful information to help you take the next step forward or get through a, a trouble spot or whatever as it relates to your running. Sometimes, especially when uh, Melody and Chris do their thing, which they're going to do their thing this month as per usual, the questions are a little bit nonsense, and uh, you know, there's that. Um, but one way or the other, if you want to get some questions answered uh, in in 2022 and beyond, uh, whether they're of the more serious variety, or the nonsense variety, or somewhere in between, joining the Facebook group is the best bet uh, because in the middle of each month, usually about 10 days before the last Friday, not that there's a system, but there's a system. Uh, I put out a post that says, "What are your questions for this month?" Folks, chime in. Bada boom, bada bam, we have questions, then I have answers, and that's how this episode comes to pass. So if you're not part of the Facebook group already and you want to join the party there, uh, which is more than just you know an ask for questions every month, but uh, usually there's some, some, some other fun nonsense that happens in the group, uh, disruns.com slash Facebook is the link. Uh, you can also just, you know, next time you're scrolling through Facebook mindlessly and you think about it, search for the Disruns tribe. Uh, click to join. We'll let you in, and as long as you know you're not, uh, we have a, we have a no douche policy. So as long as you're not a douche, you'll get to you'll get to, to stay and hang out and uh, participate in the tomfoolery. If you come in and you're a douche, then we'll just show you show you right back out the door, you know. And I guess I guess there's there's I would say no harm, no foul, but I guess th- there's a foul, so there's the harm that you you don't get to be part of the group anymore. But whatever, uh, come join the party and. Uh, Let's let's get to some questions, shall we? Uh, first couple questions come from Brooke. What are your goals for 2022? I have some goals. Uh, quite quite honestly, as of recording this a couple days before the end of end of the year, um, some things are still kind of coming into view, kind of coming into focus. Uh, still still kind of um, making sure that I don't rush the process. I, I feel like to to quote or to to paraphrase Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. When you when you rush a goal, you get a bad goal, you know. Uh, so I, I'm not trying to rush the process. So I guess I'm, I'm dodging the question, Brooke. 
Uh, I'll get back to you on that. I'm sure I'll, I'll talk about my goals at some point. Uh, Going to have some running goals, some some that are pretty similar to what I've been doing in the last couple of years because they seem like they've been working. Some some tweaked and some refined, maybe some new. We'll see. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm going to keep my cards a little bit closer to the vest still for for this episode. But I'm sure I'll let the cat out of the bag before long because I do kind of like putting goals out there, not only to to hopefully maybe kind of give you something to think about. But also it gives me a little bit of extra accountability when I put them out there. And then some of you are, are very good at holding me to things, which is appreciative or appreciated. So to be determined on that, Brooke, answer, answer forthcoming, I promise. Next question also from Brooke. How often do you have a splurge meal or a splurge weekend? Um, and then kind of follow up to that question. Do you struggle to get back on track after you splurge? If so, how do you get back on track? She says, struggling a little bit since been on vacation. So as, as I may have mentioned once or twice, I'm, I'm very much a creature of habit. And as such, I try not to, I don't splurge that often, at least when I'm kind of being able to, being able to stay within my my routine. So Monday through Friday, pretty regular routine when it comes to to the food front. Uh, you know, like like I have I have maybe a, a little bit of dark chocolate or something like that here and there. But but I, I wouldn't really call that a splurge, right? Um, weekends can be a little bit dicier for me at times because I I, I kind of haven't created a, a good framework or a good routine uh, on the weekend. Typically. The one, the one kind of splurge that's kind of factored in, and I, I don't even know that I'd call it a splurge, but the one kind of treat, if you will, is that I, I will often have some ice cream on Saturday evening. You know, I kind of get my, my long run in, some stuff around the house, hopefully on a weekend, and then kind of close out the evening with uh, a little bit of, of blackjack cherry or some, some mint, mint chocolate chip, something like that. Um, but, but sometimes the weekends can kind of get away from me because I don't have that framework in place. Um, holidays vacations, things like that. I'm, I, I definitely like remove all restrictions. I say all, there's still some things like I'm still not going to do a lot of, of grains and, and breads and pastas and things like that, just cause I feel not so good usually when I eat that kind of stuff. So I'm not tempted there, but I'm gonna have more, more sweets, more, more splurgy type of things, whatever. Um, but in terms of getting back on track, I really don't struggle that much because of that creature of habit situation. So as soon as I can get back into my routine, um, everything else kind of falls back into, into place. So I don't know, I don't know that I have a good, a good way to kind of help, you know, offer some advice to help you get back on track after, you know, kind of getting thrown out of that routine and and being on vacation other than to just kind of dive back into the routine and, and all parts of life that, and that might help you stay on track on the dietary front. I don't know. I mean, it's something that, that I feel like we kind of all, you know, have, have our own areas that, that, that work that don't, um, when it comes to whether it's routine or whether it's, it's working out or whether it's, it's work or whatever. Um, and like I said, when I'm in a good routine, the, the everything kind of just takes care of itself. But is, when I'm not, that's, that's when I struggle the most. So, um, I just aim to get back, you know, get my morning runs in coffee, work, kind of that type of thing and everything else more or less just kind of falls into place. So I don't know if that answers your question or not, Brooke, but good luck getting back into, into your routine post vacation. Uh, last question also from Brooke. 
Uh, I wear Brooks Ghosts as in the shoes currently. I like them, but I really want to try some other shoes to see if I like any others better. Do you think I'm asking for trouble or do you think it's okay to test some new ones out? I've tried Hoka's before and they didn't cause any issues. They were just too bulky for me. So, um, you know, the, the shoe question is always a tricky question because you're right, Brooke, that, that if you're not asking for, you know, if you're, if you're not having any issues right now, sometimes throwing caution to the wind and trying a bunch of things does kind of potentially ask for trouble, right? You, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But uh, on the shoe front, I, I think I think there is a little bit of, of leeway built in, or at least there can be, provided you don't go way outside the the bounds of what you're currently wearing. Meaning, if you're, if you're wearing the Brooks Ghosts and they're working well, but you want to try some different things, try some things that are similar but different from the Ghost. So maybe it's a, another Brooks shoe that has a little bit less cushion or a little bit more or a little bit different type of foam. Something that's, that, that, that fits, the fit is going to be similar, but maybe some of the, the bells and whistles are going to be different. Um, maybe, you know, maybe you want to stay with something that's very similar to the Brooks, the, the Ghost in terms of drop and cushion and things like that, but you, you want to try a different brand. That's cool too. Again, I wouldn't go for, just as an example, go from the Brooks to like Vibram Five Fingers because that's a pretty dramatic difference, right? But maybe you go from the Brooks to whatever, to a, to an Asics, something that's similar to the Ghost. So it's, it's going to have maybe a slightly different fit, maybe maybe slightly different you know drops or things like that, but pretty close to the same. And as, as long as you kind of ease into it, you know, you'll probably be fine. And, and you may find that you actually like something better than the Ghost. Um, I think that the big thing where people can get themselves in trouble is when they make just a big swing for something different out of nowhere. Um, you know, going from a, a neutral shoe to a stability shoe, um, or a stability shoe right to a neutral shoe, and then don't even ease into it. Right? They just they just go hog wild in the new shoe, and that's where you really are asking for trouble. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that you can probably get away with trying some different things. Um, just listen to your body, you know, and if, if you feel like you're pushing too much or if, if something's a little bit out of whack with the new pair of shoes, it doesn't necessarily mean the new pair of shoes is the problem, but maybe you've just transitioned into them too quickly. So you back off a little bit, break in the new shoes with some shorter runs um, and kind of go from there. But I, I think that if you want to try some new things, I think you're probably okay. Um, but again, just listen to your body and adjust accordingly. So thank you for the questions, Brooke. Hope you have a great 2022. Next question from Thessaly. Ragnar, it was a blast, right? Let's say we were thinking about making Diz Runs Ragnar teams across the country a regular thing. Would people want to participate and join in the fun? Any ideas how we can make this a quote-unquote thing? I seriously loved it, and it was great getting to know some of the Diz Runs tribe and meet you in person. Well, uh, first and foremost, I guess I'll start at the bottom and work up there, Thessaly. It was it was a pleasure to meet to meet you and everybody. You know, you and and all of the folks that uh, that came down. I'm gonna I, I, now I got to run through the list right to make sure I don't forget anybody. Uh, you and Laura and Ellen and Heather and Sharon and Brooke. Um, and then myself and Kate, and am I missing anybody? I mean, I did, not that I met Kate, because obviously I run with Kate regularly. Um, Thessaly, Laura, Ellen, Heather, Sharon, Brooke. Yeah, that's everybody. All right, so good. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Um, but yeah, it was it really was great to, to meet all of y'all and, and you know share some laughs and some miles and some some coffees and, and not a lot of sleep and, and just you know just hang out. And um, for, for most of us, uh, again, myself and Kate, 
have have a bit of a standing relationship with our with our running uh, you know consistently running together anyway um but everybody else you know just had known various levels online uh and then getting the chance to just kind of hang out and and that's you know we mentioned this in various interviews and various times across the the podcast over the years but you know taking those those online relationships into the real world like i feel like the running community in general does that as seamlessly as, as just about any other community um because just the running community is awesome, right? Runners are awesome, but uh, but yeah, it, it was it was so much fun. Definitely a, a great time. Glad that you put it together. So thank you for for taking the ball and running with it. You know, whatever it was six months ago when you asked the question, I was like, you know, whatever. If you put a team together, I'll probably be there. And and you did. People showed up. It really was was awesome. And and one of the things, kind of going back to Brooks' goals question, um, not that it's a, I don't know that it's a proper goal, but one of the things that I would love to see happen in in twenty twenty two and beyond is a little bit more of that online group comes together in the real world, whether that's at Ragnar's, whether that's just at some of the bigger races, you know, where, where there's lots of people that come in and, and there's a pretty good chance that, that people are going to, you know, that there's be multiple people from the group or whatever that, that, that are at the same, you know, whether it's a Disney or a New York city or Chicago or uh, big Sur, or whatever. I mean, just any of those big races where there's lots of people and there might be some overlap. I would love to see some of those IRL relationships or meetings at least happen, you know? Um, and, and obviously Ragnar or, or similar types of events are a great way to do that because there's so much hanging out. There's so much just just shooting the breeze, maybe sometimes running together. Um, like it just it just really lends itself to that. And so, you know, whether it's 2022, 2023, beyond um, – and and not this, not just that this is all on you, Thessaly. Although you can you can take you can take up the mantle with it if you, if you want. Um, but but just having, I would I would love to see two or three or four different Ragnar events, or again something similar throughout the country, where the bulk of the team maybe comes from the Facebook group. Where it's you know maybe there's a, a, a Midwest team that, that comes together with all the folks from that area and a New England team and a and wherever you know a Pacific Northwest team whatever the case might be but where some of these different events are and a post goes up in the Facebook group that says hey you know uh, thinking about doing and I, I'm making up places here but I'm you know I'm thinking about doing the 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 Ragnar Trail North Carolina uh, anybody that would want to want to come or want to be part of it and then everybody that's kind of whether it's in the area or would like an excuse to travel to that area and it works out logistically wise can be like, Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Let's put a team together and whether or not I can make all of, I mean, I probably can't make all of them, especially if we're doing three or four a year. Right. Um, but just to, to know that like somehow this group that, that we're trying to say is the best running group on Facebook is able to put this together and bring people together. I think that would be awesome. Uh, and I'll, I'll come to as many as I can, but again, I'm, I'm not making promises that I can be to any or all of them. Um, but I think that would be really cool. So, uh, there's, there's a little seed being planted for, for the new year. Uh, anybody who, who would like this type of thing or think it might be something that could be fun, um, put a post out there and see what happens. I mean, that's ultimately what Thessaly did. I'll of course magnify it. You know, I'll mention it in the email or I'll mention it on a podcast and, and see if we can't, you know, drum up some more folks that way. And, uh, you know, like, I think that would be really cool and certainly something that I would love to, to participate in. Uh, obviously if we want to do a Florida one on this, on the regular, I mean, it's hard for me to say no to that one because I'm literally 20 minutes away or 20 miles away, uh, from the race. So I can, I can show up to that one pretty regularly. Um, outside of that, I'll show up when I can. And you know, if we have some teams together, let's make it happen. 
one thing that we would have to do better the next time, and Thessaly, this is not a dig on you at all. Um, we got to have a better team name. Not that the Dizruns tribe is anything wrong with that, but something cleverer, something more punny. Um, we got to we got to have a better team name the next time we do one of those. That's that's a given. Uh, outside of that, let's let's bring some people together, have some fun. Um, I dig the trail situation. Uh, that was that worked out really well, especially with Kate having the camper there, kind of being outside of the tent village where it was a little bit more low key. Uh, that worked out great. Um, but yeah, I'm down. I'm down. So if we can make it happen, let's make it happen. And uh, let's let's get as many people involved as possible because it really was an awesome time. And, and just thanks to all the ladies who who made the trip and Thessaly, especially for you to help organize it and make it a reality. Uh, I had a great time, and uh, hopefully it's it's not a one and done for sure. But I'm still going to stand by that I don't have the bandwidth to put all the teams together right now. Situation because it really is true. If you're relying on me to put the teams together, we're not going to do any more. If some of you guys want to take the take up the mantle, let's let's do it and see what happens. But uh, thanks for the question. And again, thanks for uh, putting it together. It was a great time. Uh, next question from Chris Short. First first of many from Chris Short, although he takes a little break before he comes back in with all his nonsense questions. This one's actually kind of a legitimate question. Well, not that they're not, whatever. Short's stuff is often non-legitimate. Anyway, uh, thoughts on Craw. Was it worth it? Did we actually finish in time? Would you do it again? So uh, again, if, if you haven't heard before, uh, I try not to talk about it too much because I know some of you don't really care, but uh, the Circumpolar Race Around the World was a, a thing we started last September. So we started this September of 2020, 16-month, uh, 10-person team uh, running virtually from the Texas-Mexico border south through Latin America into South America, across Antarctica, up through Australia, all of Asia, into Europe, back across the North Pole, into Alaska, down through Canada. And uh, as I'm recording this, the finish line is drawing near. Uh, we needed to finish technically within, uh, within, within 16 months. So I guess technically it was by uh, about the end of December, although I think we, we screwed up a, a, a region situation somewhere, which we had to finish by the 30th. Uh, and then my my math was saying, hey, let's finish on the 29th just to be safe. And uh, I think I think I can confidently say that we did it, even though I'm talking about future us. Uh, but I think we finished in time. It was a lot of fun, I think. It, it's, it's fun as a virtual event can be. I, th- I feel like it was fun. Um, it drug on a little bit here towards the end. I'm ready for it to be over. I feel like I, I feel like just about everybody has said they're ready for it to be over. Um but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was worth it. I, I would probably do it again. I'm in no rush to like to to jump into some other nonsense virtual you know epic year and a half long commitment. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a good motivator. It, it pushed me. I, I definitely logged more miles this year than I had planned. Um, and a big part of that, I mean, like 99 percent of that was was craw and just being like, hey, you know, we've had folks that were injured or, or various things going on. And so they weren't able to log as many miles. So, um, you know, I, I tried to do more to help make up and keep us on track and, and every, you know, lots of people did. And, uh, you know, we were able to, to get it done and get it across the line in time to, to get our buckle and get all our, our, um, magnets that go on the, the giant plaque thing. That's just an awesome, awesome thing. Um, 
if you haven't seen the pictures yet, I'll, I'll try to post something somewhere. Um, but just, I mean, this huge board of, you know, globe, uh, laid out flat and, and the, the metals are, are magnetized that stick to this display and show all the route that we went and the different continents and whatever, like it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would, I would do something like that again, but again, I'm in, I'm in no rush. And if it doesn't happen again, I'm fine with being one and done. Uh, but the right situation, maybe, maybe would I do it again? I I'd be open to it. Um, but yeah, just, you know, shout out to everybody, uh, the, the, the nine other folks that, that joined me on this excursion or this adventure or this thing that we did, um, and stay in the course. And, and I don't know how, I know there were lots of teams that, that stayed together, uh, over the course of, of the year plus, uh, but a lot of teams broke apart. A lot of teams, you know, people that got started and one reason or another, one person dropped off and then another person dropped off. And then it was it, it, like the teams just disbanded. Uh, and it's really cool that we all stayed together and just kept chipping away, showing up. And, uh, uh, again, I mean, kind of like Ragnar would have never thought that it was going to happen, but once it did like really, really pretty cool, cool event. Um, that again, no rush to do again, but we'd definitely do again if, uh, the right situation arose. So thanks for being part of the team, Chris, and, uh, all the miles you logged definitely appreciated. Uh, next question from Ryan, next couple questions from Ryan. What is the furthest distance you have coached somebody to run? Ever wanted to train someone for 200 plus mile distances? So, uh, as of this recording, the furthest distances that I've had folks race is a hundred miles. Had a couple few people that have done hundred mile races. But, uh, if you ask me this question next month, there's a decent chance that we'd have a 200 mile finisher in the, uh, in, in the, you know, in the fold, I guess, or, you know, Anna, if you remember back from Anna who did the hundred miler, um, after like less than a year of running, uh, she's, she's already moving on to bi- to bigger distances and, and trying to tackle 200 miles. And she's doing, uh, some crazy 200 mile distance race in January. Um, and I say, you know, like hopefully in a month we'll have somebody else that, you know, somebody that's done a 200 mile distance because with these long, you know, the longer the distance, the more, chances that things can go sideways at various, various places. So she's ready physically. She's ready. Mentally, she's ready. Um, logistically things are still coming together because we still have, you know, a, a couple weeks as of recording this to, to put all the, the finishing touches in place, but she's working on the logistics. Um, I think, I think that for 200 miles plus, or even a hundred miles plus, like again, like you can have everything ready and things can just go sideways at some point. So hopefully it'll, it'll be a good, a good few days for her. And uh, she'll be able to cross that 200-mile distance. And, and I know she's got a couple more. I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, Anna. Uh, but she's got a couple more l- lined up for uh, 2022 as well. So, yeah, I got. I've, I don't know that I ever wanted to train somebody for, for those types of distances, Ryan, to get back to your question. Um, but, like, I, you know, I mean, it's fine. Like, like from my perspective, and I, I'm, I will admittedly say I'm no, like, expert ultra-distance coach, you know, like like – I, I, I'm comfortable and confident that I can do it. And, you know, I've had some folks that have done hundred miles and uh, a couple that are, have hundred mile races lined up for, for 2022. Um, but once you get up to that distance, like, like, it's not like it's dramatically different to train somebody for 200 miles versus 100 miles. Like it's, it's, it's pretty similar. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's again, I guess to get to your question, not something that I wanted to do, but not something that i feel unequipped to do or unable to do. Um, just, you know, Hey, somebody, Hey, do you think we can do this? Yeah, we can do this. You know, 
you got the time to put into the effort to train for it. Let's make it happen. And so here we are. So here we are. But, uh, but yeah, these, these ultra distance races are crazy, man. And, and, uh, lots of things going in, in, you know, from training perspective, but also mentally, logistically, so many things that go into it. Um, but it's, it's fun to be part of it while knowing that I'm not going to have to run it. Uh, cause I'm not pacing her this time. So, uh, so, so I just get to sit on the sidelines, I guess, and, and try to help, help her be as prepared as possible and then wait for updates and see how it goes. And so, so yeah, I've got one person training for a couple of 200 milers. Um, and it's exciting. It's exciting for me as a coach to, to, to you know, see the work being done and then just hope for the best. And that's, that's kind of where we are. So, so yeah, I've coached up to a hundred so far, hopefully 200 before much longer. Um, next question from Ryan. So you use Coros, right? Is, is my watch? Yes, I do. What's the comparison to Garmin? I love my Garmin, but have seen a lot of positive about Coros, Coros and just wondered about some pros and cons that you might add. So, um, I feel like a lot of the, the comparisons that I see and the, the, the big selling point for Coros that I, that I hear is the battery life. And that's absolutely true. The battery life on Coros compared to similar priced models of Garmin, it's, it's night and day, at least again, in my experience. So, um, I know you can get Garmin's that have epic battery life. Okay. But from the, the quick glance at the pricing recently, and, and certainly back when I bought my watch, I guess it was a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that. When I was in the market, um, the similar, the, the, you know, you might get a Garmin that would have, you know, whatever, and I'm making up numbers here. So don't, don't, fact check me. Cause I'm not fact checking myself. I'll admit that. Uh, but what I can remember is like, like a Garmin that would be like, Oh yeah, it's got seven days, you know, until you needed to charge it. The Coros would be like, yeah, 30 days of just like daily use or, you know, eight hours of GPS or 24 hours of GPS. And those are like the similarly priced watches, you know, maybe, maybe 20, $30 difference, but basically the same price point of watches. Now, if you wanted the similar Garmin battery life to that, like, you know, that was like the $250, $300 Coros watch. You might be spending $800 for the Garmin again, making up numbers. But to me, that's, that's the big difference was like, when you looked at the bells and whistles and the things that mattered to me, it was battery life and the ability to like, you know, hook up the, the, um, the heart rate strap and some, some of those types of things. That's all I cared about. I didn't care. I didn't need music. I didn't need Garmin connect. I didn't need all the, all the extra bells and whistles. And so it was just like, I could get the same watch for a third of the price um, or, you know, for the same price as what I got from my Coros, I get, I could get a Garmin watch that would have a third of the battery life. And while I have no desire to go run a race that is, you know, 40 or 50 hours long where I would need some type of epic battery life situation, like it's nice to not have to charge my watch every day, which is what I had to do with my last Garmin. Um, and that was, and that wasn't a fault of Garmin. Like I don't have anything bad to say about Garmin. Uh, my Garmin's work, worked well for me. It was just like, it was an old watch and the battery power, you know, kind of diminished after, after a couple of years of use to where I had to literally charge my watch every day for it to, to get through the day. Um, and now it's like, now my problem with my Coros is that I forget to charge it because I only need to charge it every three weeks or something like that. Um, and even if I don't have, even if I just look at my watch and be like, Oh shoot, I need to charge my watch. If I plug it in for 10 minutes while I'm doing my, my squats and my lunges and my warm up type of situation, like I'll get 40% battery out of 10 minutes as opposed to like 4% battery out of 10 minutes. And so like, even if I don't ever charge it full or rarely charge it full, um, it doesn't take long to get enough 
to then get me through another week and a half of running. So th- that's been one of the big differences. And again, I mean, this is the price point. Um, but if you're big on the badges that Garmin has at, at the Garmin, you know, connect badges, there's none of that. There's none of that website, you know, like adding friends on Garmin connect like you can. Um, it's all just connects like just through the app. There's no real website functionality with the Coros. Um, it easily connects to Strava and, and those types of things. So that part's easy. Um, there's no, as far as I can tell, and I haven't looked at all the super fancy ones, but there's no like music options. I know like Garmin has some of the music, you know, you can get, uh, add music to, to your watch so it can play Bluetooth or whatever. Um, there's none of that. So if that's a deal breaker for you, then, then, you know, you'd want to stick with your Garmin. Um, but just, you know, I feel like for me, Coros has at a pretty reasonable price, relative, of course, it's all relative, but for a pretty reasonable price has all the things I need. None of the things that I don't really need. And I'm just like, well, daggum, like the price is right. And the battery life is awesome. Uh, support's been great. Support's been great when I had Garmin's too. So again, I don't have anything bad to say about Garmin. It's just, it just comes down to money for me. Like that's been, that, that was the big difference is I can get more watch for the same price that has the same or more features that I care about and doesn't have the features I don't care about kind of a slam dunk. And I, I, after, you know, using my watch for whatever it is now, closing in on two years or something like that, year and a half, two years, um, nothing about Coros has, has soured me to, to the, to the, the quality of the, the watch. So, um, definitely a Coros guy at this point. Would I ever go back to Garmin? I mean, never say never, but can't see why I would right now based on the factors I discussed. So thank you for the question. And I'm no Koros ambassador or anything like that. There's nothing, nothing shady. That's just honest, honest feedback. Um, last question from Ryan, when are you coming back to run in Kansas or do you need to check off a surrounding state? Let's go. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like it's inevitable that I'm going to get back to Kansas one of these days. Um, my, my wife's, and I, and I don't know, if I'm gonna be close to where you are though, Ryan is, is maybe the problem. Uh, but my wife's best friend lives in Kansas city. Um, she's actually going to visit her in January, but Addison and I are staying home. Um, but my wife's best friend, like I said, Sarah lives in Kansas city. And I know there's a, a bunch of folks that are in the Facebook group that are Patreon supporters, a couple of folks that I coach that all kind of live in that greater Kansas city area as well. So it, it would be kind of convenient to maybe meet up at, at Suwannee park or somewhere like that, get a group group run together, um, hang out. We could have probably have a place to stay at my, my wife's friend's house. So like it would, it would work out pretty well. It's just, you know, again, me and logistics, they don't work out well together. Um, so I haven't ever put anything like that together. Um, as far as other States. Yeah. I mean, the only state, that's surrounding to, to Kansas that I've run is Missouri. Um, outside of that, I mean, I still have to get Oklahoma, Nebraska, um, Arkansas, you know, all the States that border Kansas, I could, I could run through the list. I guess Arkansas doesn't technically border Kansas, but it's in the, it's in the region. Um, so yeah, I mean, I gotta be back in that area at some point. I'll keep you posted. Um, but you know, turnabout's fair play. If you ever want to come down to Florida, you know, that option's there as well. Um, and, and, uh, certainly looking forward to, to running with you again, uh, since our, since our, our wet run around Wichita, uh, a couple few years ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, well, when I'm, when I'm in the area, I'll let you know. All right. But, uh, thanks for the questions, Ryan. Hope, uh, hope you have a great start to 2022. Uh, next question from Michaela. So now that you've done 45 miles, are you eyeballing a 50 miler or are you just going to jump to a hundred K? Oh, Michaela, you got, you got jokes, don't you? Um, no, no. I mean, all right. So, so real talk time. Like I, I, 
the the forty five miler that Kate made me do went as well as I could have hoped. I mean, it really, really did. It was, it was a good day. I felt good. Uh, recovery went well. Um, like I, I definitely could have done 50 miles that day. If, if I needed to go five more miles, I'm glad I didn't, but I, I definitely could have, um, that said, I, I, I'm in no rush to, to step up to, to 50 miles. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate I guess if, if the right opportunity presented or the right situation developed, um, because I definitely know it's possible now. Like there's no question if I did 45 miles, I can do 50. Like, uh, that's doable. Um, and even, even like I, you know, I guess my, my mind has been opened or my, there's been a little bit of confirmation that like, yeah, I could, I could train up to do a hundred K probably. I could probably train up to do a hundred miles. Um, I just don't have the desire right now to go really any, any farther again, like 50, 50 miler. Sure. You know, like I'm not really eyeballing anything. I don't have any races to announce or anything like that. That's not part of my goals for 2022 that I'm sitting on. Um, but you know, in the right situation, sure. I, I could probably see myself doing a 50 miler soon ish, maybe, but again, no plans. Like there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing read. There's no reading between the lines that you can do here. Um, but I'm, I'm in no rush to like jump up to a hundred K or anything like that. Like someday, sure. Maybe. To, you know, today, no, next week, no, next month, probably not. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I, I'm definitely beyond that. Never say never situation, but I'm also not into, you know, like making any bold proclamations. Like it, it'll, it, those type of longer distance stuff may happen at some point, probably will happen at some point. Uh, but that point is not, not on my radar as anytime soon just yet. So I guess stay tuned, but don't hold your breath. Um, next question from Kylie. Can you tell me about your strength training routine, upper body, just lower body? I struggled to fit it in this summer while training for a 10 mile race. And now I'm in PT. How do I organize my week so that I get strength training in without compromising recovery? So great, great question, Kylie. And maybe it's kind of one of those, those questions that, uh, never quite gets answered because strength training, like, like it's definitely important. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that's, that it's easy to overlook. It's easy to be like, oh, I don't have time for, and then it falls by the wayside and you don't realize how important it is until either you break down or you stop making progress or some combination of both. And you're like, well, damn, no wonder I haven't done my strength training in six months. Like maybe I need to get back on that wagon. Um, so my strength training routine is a work in progress is a work in progress. It's been pretty good. Up until about the last six weeks or so, mid, middle of November, I guess, I, I, the wheels kind of fell off my strength training routine, which was even loosely defined as a routine then anyway. So that's part of something I'm trying to lock in a little bit more in the new year is kind of what my strength training routine will actually be and make it a little bit more routine. But what it had been for most of the year was that Tuesday and Thursday were prioritized as lower body and or some core. So, you know, th- those are a lot of, of squats and lunges. And like I said, some, some hip work, some, some glute work, uh, bridges and planks and things like that. And, you know, a lot of times I would do just like a Peloton strength training workout. Occasionally I just kind of do my own thing, kind of depended on the day, what I was feeling sometimes with more mobility focus as far as hip mobility, lower back mobility, things like that. Some of the, the anatomy for runners and, and some of that type of, of work. Um, but you know, I was super consistent on those 
Tuesdays and Thursdays. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays were for upper body stuff, but I was a little bit more hit and miss. I didn't super track those workouts, uh, but I would track my, my Tuesday and Thursday. And, and through November, through October, I was at like 86, 87% of my Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, I'm probably going to finish below 80% this year because I've missed most of my strength training Tuesday and Thursday workouts in December. Got only about a, a half or so in November. Um, so yeah, my routine has kind of fallen apart. But all that to say, I would definitely recommend doing both upper and lower body because even if your upper body strengthening doesn't have a huge payoff for your running, though there is some because don't forget your arms swing every time you're, you're running, every time you take a step. And so having some type of upper body strength and endurance can help with your form, help maintain good form. Um, and, and that, that can definitely pay off. Um, but let's not forget that, that like, I don't think any of us that are listening to this are like solely exclusively runners, right? We're all, we're all people. We're all hopefully some level of well-rounded individuals, meaning that, you know, you got to, you get, you pick up your kids or you carry some groceries or you're, you're lifting stuff at work or, or whatever. Uh, you, you know, you're doing things outside of just running that require some level of physical strength and coordination and, and, uh, competency. And so working your upper body, doing some upper body strengthening is not a bad idea. Um, even if it doesn't pay off specifically for your running. So, you know, what does, what does that look like? How do you fit that in? I mean, it's, it's a little bit tricky and it depends on, on your running routine and, and your life routine and things like that. But remember that you don't need to have a, a necessarily a set strength routine or a strength focused workout every single day, right? You can, you can mix it in and have only two or three per week. And, you know, hit the major muscle groups, hit the upper body, lower body core. Uh, you could kind of focus on one per day. You could kind of focus on just whole body workouts, you know, a couple times a week, kind of hit all the, you know, tick all the boxes on those days. And, and that's it. Kind of got to figure out what works best for your, your schedule. But I think a lot of times we overthink things. Think, oh God, it's got to be an hour long workout. No, no, God, no. Uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes, if you're doing major muscle groups, and you're, you're not taking big breaks in between exercises. Um, I mean, you can get a good full body workout done in 20 minutes. Believe me. Um, you can get a good full body workout in less than 20 minutes. Believe me. Um, so you can kind of squeeze those in maybe a little bit easier than you think. You know, if, if you're, if you're kind of under the impression, which a lot of people are that, Oh, you know, you can't get a good workout done in 10 or 15 minutes. Like you can, you absolutely can. And so maybe, maybe you can do just, you know, 10 minutes of legs one day and 10 minutes of upper body the next day with some push-ups or some rows or some things like that. Um, you know, you can mix that in three or four times a week and, and you're pretty good, pretty good position right there. Uh, again, helping you to stay healthy running wise, helping you stay healthy, uh, life-wise. Now, how do you make sure you get that done without compromising recovery? Uh, again, it's going to depend on your, your schedule, your routine. So it's, it's hard to give specifics without knowing your details, but if you have an off day that's kind of designed to be a rest day, whether it's a day during the week, whether it's a day on the weekend, I mean, whatever, you got to figure out what works best for you. Um, but I would definitely encourage you to, to have at least one day per week and you streakers can just blot out your ears and blah, 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 right now. Um, but you know, have one day that, that is a rest day. So it's not a strength training day. It's not a running day. It's not an active recovery day. Like it's a rest day. Now, again, you're going to still have to live life. So it might not be fully complete rest. You might not be able to just laze on the couch all day, but try to keep the, the physical exertions to a minimum on your other days. You know, maybe you mix in, like I'm a big fan of doing strength training work on the same day that I would do a speed workout, especially lower body strength training, because my legs are already trash after doing a good, hard speed workout. Um, now maybe I don't, 
specifically, I do not do speed workouts every week, but if I'm going to do one, it's going to be on a Tuesday, which coincides with my, I do strength training on Tuesdays and Thursdays, lower body strength training on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if I'm going to do a good hard workout on a Tuesday, I'm going to double that up later that day with a good strength training workout. And yeah, my strength training might not be, I, you know, I might do fewer reps or fewer weights or things like that, but that's fine. Cause I'm just trying to, to stress my legs. I've already done it once that day. I'm going to get in some strength training a little bit later that day, that, that way the next day, whether it's an off day or whether it's just an easy run day, I'm not compromising my recovery by hitting my legs the next day with weights after I hit my legs the day before with a hard workout. So what I'm trying to get to, and hopefully making a little bit of sense is that you kind of maybe stack some of your, your strength training days on top of your runs, or at least, you know, somewhere later that day so that you can still have those, those off days or those, those more active recovery days without always doing something hard every single day. Um, and, and again, without knowing your specific schedule, your specific goals, it's a little hard to, to come up with like what might make sense to me as, as the ideal balance. Um, but with a little bit of trial and error and a little bit of, I don't want to say necessarily common sense, but like objective, objectively looking at it. So kind of looking at your schedule from an objective perspective, instead of trying to figure out what would work best for you, it's like, all right, well, what would make sense? You know, if I've got uh, three hard days in a row or three running days in a row. And I know I'm usually trashed by that. By the time I get to, you know, I run Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I usually take Thursday off. I'm usually feeling pretty tired on Thursday. Well then don't try to cram in a speed work or a, a strength training workout on Thursday because like your body is kind of telling you, you probably need a break that day. So maybe you do your strength training on Monday or Tuesday, you get through those a couple extra days of running and then you have a, a rest day or a somewhat of a recovery day, um, without, throwing off the balance by adding a strength training day. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense, but it's, it's, it's an art, not a science. It's a little bit of tweaking. Don't be afraid to adjust. And also just like with your running, don't feel like every strength training workout needs to be some just hammering maximum effort, maximum weights, maximum reps type of thing. Sometimes a, a good strength training session based on how you're feeling might be more of, of, you know, just some body weight or some light reps, or, you know, like I said, I do some, some of my strength training days are more of a mobility day. So there's some, some level of strength going on, but it's not squats and lunges and heavy stuff. It's, it's hip rotations. It's working on, you know, clamshells, things like that, that are, that are focused, that are smaller muscles, but important muscles. And I target those in a different way than I do when I'm doing squats, lunges, etc. Um, so you can vary your, your, the intensity of your strength training as well. And it still counts. It still ticks the box. It's still very beneficial. Sometimes you might argue more beneficial than just hitting the, the, the leg machines or things like that. Um, you can even do like a power yoga where you're, you're doing a lot of, of, you know, holding in warrior two and warrior three and things like that. Or I guess warrior three is not really but warrior one. Um, but holding some of those positions and, and, and that could constitute as a strength training session. So Think outside the box a little bit, make it fit your schedule. Um, but definitely try to, you know, I would encourage you, Kylie, and I'm something, this is again, where I'm working on it myself and kind of revamping a little bit my strength routine in 2022, because it is important, not just for running health, but life health as well. So hopefully all that helps a little bit, gives you some things to think about. And, uh, hopefully you can uh, get out of the PT's office, get back to running and stay very healthy and make lots of progress in the new year. But thank you for the question. Uh, next couple of questions coming from Mona as per usual. Mona can't chime in with just one question. We got to get two or three. I think she's just only got a couple this month, which is 
a little bit, you know, hopefully, Moni, you're feeling all right. Hopefully, you just were busy around the holidays, only had time to, to chime in with a couple of questions. I'm sure you'll be back to, to the, lawn, the laundry list uh, early into the new year. Uh, but the first question from Mona, uh, so now that you have smashed your mileage goal for the year, would you go up or down mileage-wise for next year? So, so yeah, this year, um, I kind of blew things out of the water in large part because of the, the that crawl race that Chris asked about earlier. Um I believe, and y'all can go back and fact check me, but when I announced my goals for this year, you know, I wanted to hit 2,021 miles, uh, second year of running the year, um, and didn't really want to go anything more than like 24, 2,500. Kind of 2,500 was going to be my hard cap. And uh, I think I'm going to end up finishing the year something around 2,800 miles. Uh, kind of depends how these last couple of days of the, the, the year go, but I'm already over like 2,750. Uh, hopefully not 50 more miles left in the last few days, but you know, 27, 2,700 something is what I'm going to end up with this year. Um, and honestly, next year I would, I would love to be less. I would love to be down a little bit on my mileage. Um, still be in that, you know, 20, 2200 probably range, 2300, something like that, but be able to have a little bit more time to do some yoga, to do my strength training, you know, make sure that's as much of a priority as it needs to be to get some more time on the spin bike. Maybe this will be the year I'll get in the pool a little bit more and do some swimming. Um, I just, I I know there's so much value in cross training, both from an injury prevention standpoint, from a well-rounded fitness standpoint. Um, and, and I haven't, acted on that as much as I should, as much as I would like to the last few years. And, um, I don't, I don't want to get to a point where I'm, I'm broken down from so much running, uh, that, that then I'm going, well, damn, you know, if, if I would have in my late thirties and early forties, if I would have made more of a pri- uh, of a priority of doing, practicing what I preach of doing some of the cross training and, and focusing more on those little things, um, you know, maybe I'd still be running in my whatever, sixties and seventies and eighties. Um, you know, I mean, I've said it before and it's a hundred percent true. I want to be running until, you know, until they put me in the ground. Like, I don't want there to be a big gap between when I can no longer run and, you know, years still left on the planet. Now, obviously, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to rush, rush my demise anytime soon, but I say that with, you know, I, I want to run for another 40, 50 years, basically as long as I'm still alive. And so, I know that I need to make sure I'm taking better care of, like not better care, but more well-rounded care of myself now. While I can still get away with running more, I probably could run 3000 miles next year if I wanted to, but I'd rather run 2200 and step up my game in some other areas. So, uh, hopefully fewer miles next year, which, you know, if I'm not doing some of these virtual mileage logging challenges is probably not going to be too difficult to achieve. Um, and then I can shore up some other weak links that will hopefully take my fitness even higher by running less. So that's, that's kind of a little peek behind the curtain of what I'm thinking about for next year, mileage wise. Um, also next question, what's cooking for Christmas Eve dinner, any specials? And, uh, what about cookies for Santa? So, um, Christmas Eve dinner this year was a little, it wasn't meh, it wasn't ho-hum, but it wasn't as fancy as it normally would be. So our normal like kind of Christmas Eve, I guess family tradition from, from when I was young was Swedish meatballs, that kind of, you know, meatballs and potatoes and that type of thing for uh, Christmas Eve. And we had that this year, but not on Christmas Eve. We had it on like a few days before, something like that. My sister and her family were down with, with my parents. And, uh, my mom made the Swedish meatballs as per usual. And we, we had, you know, big fancy dinner on like the 21st or 22nd of December, something like that. When we had it kind of, when we had our family Christmas. So when Christmas Eve rolled around, um, my parents came over, but we just had, you know, hamburgers and, and sweet potato fries and just kind of, just kind of a not 
so fancy dinner. Um, just because we had just had Christmas Eve dinner like three days before. So um, that's the normal routine. But and it's normally pretty special. I mean, that's kind of the only time of year we have that type of thing. Uh, but because we had just had it, we just kind of played it, kept it simple for Christmas Eve this year. It was still fine. Still got the, you know, scratch the itch just a couple days earlier than usual. And it was, it worked out well. As far as special cookies for Santa, um, I don't know. I mean, just kind of whatever, whatever the year brings. Uh, this year, Rebecca made Santa some, uh, some, some chocolate dipped Oreos and some chocolate uh, covered pretzels. Uh, she made a few for the family as well, but, uh, you know, kept some of those for Santa and, and the, the, the guy cleaned his plate. So either, either the neighbor's. Uh, had not left very many cookies for Santa this year. Um, or Santa just really dug the, uh, the, the white chocolate covered Oreos and the white chocolate covered pretzels. And, uh, you know, he went, he he took advantage of, uh, our generosity and, uh, definitely, definitely cleaned his plate. So I guess, I guess note to self for next year for Santa that that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Maybe that's, uh, maybe those are the, the cookies to leave out next year as well. Um, we have to remember that a year from now. So, so TBD on that front, but, uh, thank you for the questions, Mona. Hope you have a great start to the new year. Uh, next question from Lewis. How do you respond to the so-called quote unquote holiday turkeys, the oddball comments, questions, and insults of running from your relatives? Honestly, thankfully, not something that I have to deal with very much these days. Um, not too many people in my, in my family. I mean, Rebecca runs, but outside of that, um, my cousin Susie is, is a runner, uh, but I don't see, I don't see her very often. Um, not that there's any animosity there, but it's just logistics of, of her family and our family. We don't necessarily get together very often. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the family that I see my, my sister and her, and her husband, uh, my in-laws, um, I, I, none of them are really runners, but none of them really, like, I guess I've been running long enough that like all the little random, like, you know, it's going to hurt your knees or this or that or the other. Or, I don't even, I don't even like to drive that far. Like all those comments, like they kind of don't really come out anymore. Um, and if they do, I just kind of ignore them. Uh, it's not worth like, like, you know, it's kind of one of those, like, like, you know, when somebody makes a comment about politics and you want to chime back in, but like, you're not going to change their mind. Right. Like, like somebody who's, who's, has some different politics or some different religious views than you, like some little quip, some little barb, uh, it's not going to change anybody's mind. It's just going to dig them in more. Um, so if somebody wants to be like, dude, you know why you run so much is bad for your knees. Like me trying to be like, yeah, well, you know, so is, so is whatever dot, dot, dot that you do, you know, so is CrossFit or so is whatever. Um, it, it doesn't make any difference. It's not, and not that I believe that CrossFit is bad for your knees. Let, let the record show, but just, you know, whatever, making some type of, of random comment back, like, it doesn't do anything. So I just kind of get shrug, move on. Um, but again, most of my family, like they don't, they're just like, like the questions that I get are like, what time did you get up to go running this morning? How far did you go? Um, but there's never like, oh my God, like, I can't believe you, you would run, you know, 15 miles and then still go about your day. Like, it's just like, oh wow, cool. So I guess, I guess I'm at the point now with my family that there are no, that the, the, the holiday turkeys are, are few and far between. And, and if something crops up, I just, I I'm not a confrontational person. I just roll my eyes and go whatever and move on. Uh, and that, and that seems to, to quelch it right there. So, um, I don't know, I guess, I guess if you want to bow up and, and, and attack, go for it, but that's not, that's not really my, my jam. Uh, and you know, I just kind of let it, uh, let it mix in, mix in my metaphors here, but let it roll off like water off a duck's back and move on, you know, and, and 
whatever. It, it seems to, to maintain the harmony around the, the, the holidays around any time of year. And, uh, I guess, I guess that's, that's a good thing supposedly, but, uh, thanks for the question, Lewis. Appreciate it. Uh, next question from Rick. Can you coach a person who refuses to tempt heart rate training, uh, asking for a friend? Well, Rick, uh, you can comfortably tell your friend that I, I absolutely do. I, I, I think off the top of my head, um, that I only have of the 30 ish people that I'm coaching right now. Um, there's only three or four that are in various stages of like hardcore to kind of loosely attempting heart rate training. Um, so clearly it's not, it's not a, it's not a requisite for me. Um, what is a requisite? What you can tell your friend, if your friend is, is interested in kicking the tires on coaching is that I do stress, and you can ask anybody, this is, this is something that you see on everybody sees on their schedule. Um, easy running easy, keeping your easy runs easy. And if you've been listening long enough, that, that shouldn't come as a surprise. Now, if you want to use your heart rate to manage easy, cool. We can set that up. We can come up with the zones or if you want to go full on math, like here's your number, stay below it, whatever. Um, but if, if that doesn't work for you, that's not something that you want to do that adds more stress to your runs. Hey, we don't want that. We want you to still have fun, but I want your easy days to be easy. The days we do hard workouts or speed workouts, we'll give you some parameters for what's easier or give your friend some parameters for what's easier, hard. Um, but as long as you're keeping your easy runs easy, and if I'm monitoring your, your runs and I feel like your easies aren't easy enough, then I'll say something, you know, maybe we'll try to come up with a pace guideline or something like that to back things down. Um, but if you don't want to, if, if your friend doesn't want to be locked into heart rate training, that's okay. As long as you're not going to try to hammer every day, which ties into the next question. We'll get there in a second. As long as you're not going to hammer every day, we can work with that. If you're going to hammer every day, I'm probably not the right coach for your friend. So, uh, if your friend wants to check out more details, disruns.com slash coaching, um, Hopefully most of the questions are at, or can be answered there. can be found there. Anything else, anything specific, tell your friend to reach out and I'll be happy to, uh, steer him or her, uh, give him or her the, the right information or the, the, the answers to their questions and allow them to, uh, then decide if, if, you know, if it would work, if it might be a good fit or not, but thank you for the question, sir. Hope you're staying warm and uh, hope things are, are well up in Minnesota. Uh, next question from Karen, like I said, kind of ties into this one a little bit, but just curious. I recently heard another runner talk about junk miles. I always think that all my miles serve come some kind of purpose. What are your thoughts? So junk miles, I feel like that's one of those terms or one of those phrases that gets thrown around a lot, but there isn't like a uniform definition. So like, like some people might see certain things as junk miles. Other people might see that there's benefit to those. Um, my definition of junk miles, probably no surprise once I explain it a little bit. Again, if you, anybody that's been listening long enough, you probably know where I'm going to go with this. But they're not easy enough miles to constitute an easy day, but they're not hard enough miles to really constitute a hard workout. They're just kind of in that gray zone that's not easy, not hard. And to me, the reason that those are junk miles, and, and to a certain extent, Karen, you're right. I mean, those miles still serve some kind of purpose. They're still, um, they're, they're, they're not useless. They're not total junk, but you're not getting really the maximum benefits of either an easy run or a hard run. Um, so you're getting, you're doing the work, but, but you're not getting as much of a payoff. Like, again, are you going to get some type of fitness gains? Probably, but you're going to get more wear and tear than you would get if you went easy, but still not get all the, the same benefits of the, the easy workouts as far as mitochondrial, uh, work and, and, you know, some of the, the adaptations that, that happen when you're running easy. Um, but you're also not getting all the, the physiological benefits of increased muscle strength, 
muscle firing, the, the, the neuromuscular connections, the bone, bone building benefits of a good hard workout. Um, but you're, but because it's not easy enough, you're still getting some, some wear and tear, but you're not getting all the, 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 the main benefits of the hard workouts. So, uh, you know, it, it, again, it, you know, does that mean that, that they're worthless, that they're, they're truly junk? I mean, no. And, and ultimately, as long as you're having fun and you're feeling good, I mean, that's, that's priority number one, you know, but I feel like both personally and professionally, um, you're, you're kind of, you know, it's kind of like lukewarm, like you're better off being hot or being cold. You're better off running easy or running hard, but kind of running in that lukewarm, not easy, but not really hard. It's just kind of meh, like you're getting not much bang for your buck. Uh, if, if you will. So, um, that's where I feel like, like it's not terrible. It's not useless, but it's not as, um, it's not quite as good. Big picture. The, the, the benefit to value, the value of the run. It's a little bit, uh, now I'm talking myself into a circle. It's just not easy. It's just not hard. And I think you can get better bang for your buck if you're going easy or if you're occasionally going hard than if you're always kind of in that gray zone. So that's what, that's what I would class as junk miles. Some people might say that zone one would be junk miles. I think zone one is pretty beneficial. Um, you know, super, really pretty easy. Um, but again, junk miles, one of those things that lots of definitions, not a lot of uniformity. And so depending on how you classify junk miles is going to depend on what that actually looks like for you. So hopefully that gives you some clarity. Maybe it just stirs up, stirs up, makes it more muddy. I don't know if that's the case. I apologize, Karen, but thank you for the question and uh, hope you have a great start to the new year. Um, and I guess, you know, everybody that I didn't say that to, it, it still applies. You know, I, I hope everybody has a great start to the new year. Anyway, next question for Hilda. Uh, next couple questions coming from, from Hilda. Uh, what type of weather conditions do you absolutely not run in? Um, I mean, it's hard to get worse than like a cold rain. Like, you know, 35 degrees and like really coming down, that sucks. And I'm not going to run in that. Um, thankfully, I have flexibility to schedule, so I can probably run later in the day. And quite frankly, even some of the weather conditions that I'm, I'm not looking forward to at five o'clock in the morning, once I'm awake later in the day, not as bad. So like rain when it's, when it's not super cold, maybe when it's you know, like a, a high 40s, low 50s rain, that's a tough one for me to get out the door at five o'clock in the morning. But later in the day... I can make it work. Just, just chilly, just cold, you know, not rain, but temperatures, not that we get very often into the low thirties, but like thirties, low forties. Um, again, I'm a little bit more difficult to get outside the door at five o'clock in the morning those days, but two o'clock in the afternoon and it's 40 degrees, bring it on, bring it on. Um, so, so time of day matters more, but there's, there's not a good time of day to run when it's 35 degrees and really raining pretty good. Like that just sucks every which way to Sunday. And, uh, I'm probably not going to run in those conditions unless it's race day and I have no choice. And even then, I guess I have a choice, but, um, outside of race day, I'm not dealing with cold and rain. It's just, it, it ain't happening. I'll take a, I'll take a rest day, get back at it tomorrow. Um, of course I love rain when it's warm, but cold and rain. Ugh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Next question. I love that. You love your family's apple pie and fudge way to keep it real. What else do you quote unquote give into that is not your norm this time of year? So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's well-documented Reese's Reese's are a, a vice this time of year. And, and of course I, I inhaled more than my fair share of chocolate and peanut butter, um, various cookies, you know, like, like I said, uh, said in the past, 
Um, you know, the, the peanut butter blossom cookies are big ones. Uh, you know, when Rebecca made the, the chocolate covered Oreos, um, I, I, I pounded more than a few of those left a few for Santa, but, uh, outside of that, um, I might, I may have gotten in trouble for eating, uh, eating all of the chocolate covered things. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, didn't want him to go to waste. Didn't want him to go bad. So, uh, you know, took one for the team and, and ate, ate more than, than my fair share. Um, Maybe give in to a little bit more uh, gin this time of year than I normally would. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I splurge that much, but uh, I, I definitely do a little bit an apple pie and fudge too. Absolutely. Uh, go go nuts on those two fronts. Uh, last question from Hilda. What do you want for Christmas if money was no object? Oh, man. Um, you know, this is the, like... This is, this is a hard one for me to wrap my head around because like money is an object. Um, and so, so to, to dis- disassociate and say, well, if money was no object, object, what would you want? Um, is, is tough, but like, you know, like it would be boring stuff. It would be, you know, like, like we're kind of at the point where we need new windows for the house. Um, and that's, and that's money's definitely going to be an object there. So like if, if, if somebody just gifted me a, a new house full of windows, that would be bananas. That would be awesome. Um, you know, so something like that, practical stuff, solar panels for the roof, that would be, that would be legit. Uh, something that I've been kind of sort of, sort of looking into, uh, but money continues to be an object there as well. Um, you know, more fun stuff like, like, you know, my computer's good, but it's, it's, it's going in on seven and a half years old, uh, starting to slow down. So maybe a computer upgrade would be, would be, uh, is going to be something that's gonna be in the cards for the next couple of years. But if I could get one of those, uh, is a Christmas, you know, if, if, if Santa had brought me a, a new, new, uh, desktop, nah, I wouldn't be upset there. Um, you know, but, but not as far as just like pure wants. I mean, maybe, I don't know. There's not, there's not a lot of pure wants that I would, that I would want for Christmas, but practical gifts that, uh, money was no object on. Yeah. There's a few of those, a few of those. I mean, my car, my car needs some repairs. Um, maybe even a new car would be nice. Um, but I don't, it, we don't need a new car. Um, but I uh, need to get it in the shop one of these days that that needs to happen. Um, but you know, some of those types of practical things that are, that are a big expense, maybe a nice vacation, a nice, a nice family, just Rebecca and Addie and I like Disney cruise. That would be legit. That'd be a good Christmas present. Um, but all things where money is an object. So, you know, what do I want for Christmas? A day where I can do nothing but work on a puzzle. That would be awesome. Um, but too much adulting, too much adulting has to happen in life these days. Life was simpler when there was no adulting. Um, but thanks for the questions, Hilda. Hopefully you all had a Merry Christmas and, uh, setting up for a good start to the new year. Next question from Dina. How long did it take you to adapt to heart rate training? I've tried it a couple of runs, but got discouraged as I did more walking than running. Um, Dina, you're not going to like my answer to this question. I I have a feeling, but uh, I'm going to give it to you straight. It takes a lot longer than a couple of runs. Um, if, if I'm, if I'm honest, I would say that there was very few signs of progress for the first like four to six months. Um, there weren't many signs of progress for the first like year to year and a half. Uh, but now that I'm four years in, like, like the, the progress is undeniable. Um, now you could make the argument, I guess that just four years of consistent training, whether it's heart rate training or not, you're going to see some progress. And, and you know, I mean, four years of junk miles, like you, yeah, you're probably going to see some progress there. Um, but I feel better than I've ever felt. I've been more injury free than I've probably ever been. Um, I'm, I'm more confident about the uh, the outlook and the future and, and, and what my potentials might be. Uh, I'm racing better than I've ever raced before. I mean, even the, the 45 mile, which wasn't like a quote unquote hardcore race. Cause how do you, 
how do normal people hardcore race 45 miles? But like, I mean, I felt great all the way through. Didn't really fall off at all. Um, only had a couple of days where I was kind of sore afterwards and it felt pretty good right away and, and probably got back to running too soon because of this silly craw thing. But you know, we, we make, we do what we got to do sometimes. Um, uh, but those types of things I credit almost exclusively to heart rate training and, and just being consistent. And so, um, when it comes to heart rate training, yeah, a couple of runs, you're not going to see any difference. And, um, if you're, if you're so discouraged that you're not enjoying it, then maybe it's not the right time to, to get into heart rate training, um, because it does take a while. And, and if I'm honest and you can go back and, and double check my, my data from four years ago. Um, but I did a lot of walking on my runs, uh, for the first, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks, uh, as well. And even beyond that, I mean, there were, there were more runs than not for probably the first year where at some point the heart rate got too high and I had to, had to take it down to a walk. Um, now four years in, like it's, I, I don't know when I've had to walk because of my heart rate getting too high. Um, other than like when I, when I go running after I have some coffee, that that'll, that'll do it. Um, but, uh, but just as far as my morning runs, when I'm pre-caffeine, fresh out of bed, like I, my heart rate never gets that high or very rarely gets that high unless I'm doing something. I have a speed workout, of course, but like just daily runs again, another, another sign that it's working, but it just takes time. You just like, and, and, and again, not saying that you have to do it, but if you, if you can commit to it, stick with it and, and not let yourself get so discouraged by doing more walking than running in the early days. Um, it pays off, but it takes a while to get there. It takes a while to get there. Um, and that while can be frustrating. It certainly can. So I can, I can empathize with you there. Um, make your, make sure you're enjoying your runs. That's first and foremost. And if that means that you don't go all in on heart rate training, just like Rick's friend, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but if you can get through the first, you know, couple of months, uh, maybe the first six months, it really starts to, to build upon itself. Um, and, and not that progress ever comes quick, but it becomes a lot more obvious and a lot steadier the longer you stick with it. So good luck. Any other heart rate questions, please let me know. I, I could, as, as many of you know, I could talk about heart rate training stuff for a long time. Um, so, so happy to take those questions anytime. Uh, next question from a certain Mrs. Cray, uh, who is your favorite person in the world and why is it your wife? Well, obviously it's my wife. I mean, she answered the question in, in asking the question. Um, why is it my wife? Probably, you know, I could, I could, I could give you a nonsense answer. Or, uh, you know, we could, we could get sentimental here for a minute. Um, because if, if it wasn't for her putting up with my crap, um, in the last decade and, you know, supporting, supporting the finance, the family financially, you know, because money is, is an object as we've already identified. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here doing this at this point. Um, so, you know, not only is, does she make a mean, you know, chocolate covered Oreo and chocolate covered pretzels. Um, not only does she make a mean brunch on Sundays, um, not only is, is she, uh, easy on the eye, but, uh, she also makes sure that, uh, we've got a roof over our head and food on the table, um, carries the load financially. Um, and did I mention she's easy on the eye that, that helps too. Um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's all right. I'm going to keep her. Um, hopefully she'll keep me after that eloquent answer. Yeah. 
Uh, next question from Michaela again, chiming back in. What is the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? Lots of money-related questions or money-ish, money-adjacent related questions today. Uh, Michaela, I have, I, you know, like I've thought about what I would do if I won, if I would win the lottery. I don't, I, don't, you know, I guess I'd have to buy a ticket first, right? But like, if I were to, to stumble across a lottery ticket that happened to be a winner, what would I do? Uh, I, it's the most boring answer ever, but it's like it's honestly what I would do. I wouldn't run out and buy anything. There would be no splurges. I wouldn't buy new windows for the house. Like the first thing I would do if I won the lottery is I would consult with, with some type of financial planner expert. I don't know if, I mean, my dad's a financial planner, so I guess I would start there, but I don't know that, that lottery winnings are, are his cup of tea, but I'm sure you could figure it out. Um, but try to figure out how to best, um, maximize the growth potential of the lottery winnings while minimizing the tax liability. Like that's, that's what I would do. Like, how can I generate the most passive income from this? Like set it up so that, you know, whatever the, the, the lump is, if it's, you know, a couple million or whatever, um, I could, I could try to, you know, live off the, the interest while even growing the lump a little bit, but never touch the principal. Like, like that's the type of thing that I would do first before I did anything else. Try to try to get my, get my affairs in order, get the, get the taxes paid and, and minimize the, the taxes going forward. Um, uh, make sure that all that was, all those I's were dotted and T's were crossed. Um, and then probably, probably try not to change my lifestyle too much for the, for the first five or 10 years and just pump as much of that interest back into the print, into the, the account as possible. Roll it over, if you will, so that there's even more interest being generated at five or 10 years from now. And then, and then maybe pull back a little bit, think about, you know, just working for fun as opposed to working because we need to, uh, and what that would look like. But yeah, no, no major purchases. No, no, like all practical for me. I can't even, I can't even entertain the, the idea of, well, if, you know, if you didn't have to do all that, what would you do? Like, that's what I would do. Period. Like end of story. So boring. I know, I know, but that's, that's the answer. Uh, next question from Mikhail. Let's just speculate. Say you got the chance to do any 100 mile plus race guaranteed entry. Which one are you doing? Um, I mean, I, you know, like, I, I, I kind of hesitate to say this because I know so many people are so frustrated by the lottery system with, with some of these big races, but I feel like if, if I was, you know, just gifted, here you go, you're going to do this 100 mile race, pick one you're in. Like, I mean, it would have to be Western States, right? Like it would just like, that would have to be the answer. Um, maybe Leadville, you know, it'd have to be one of those two though, right? Like, like it'd just be like, if you got guaranteed that you could run one marathon, like, I mean, it would have to be Chicago or, or Boston. I mean, not Chicago, like New York or Boston. I mean, maybe Chicago would be third, but like, it would have to be one of those two, right? At least, you know, American, American marathons. Um, so, you know, if I got a chance to do any hundred plus mile race, like, I mean, I feel like it would have to be Western States or, or Leadville. Like, I mean, there's lots of other great races out there, of course. Um, but I feel like it, like, I mean, that's, that's gotta be the answer. So I'll, I'll, I'll say Western States would be the one that I would do. Um, and I feel very, very bad for cutting in front of so many people that have been getting their name in the lottery every year for a decade and still hadn't been pulled. Um, but I, I mean, I get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no, I guess probably so, but it's all speculation. It's all speculation. So it doesn't really matter anyway. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the questions, lady. Hope, uh, hope things are going well for you and setting up for a good start to the new year. Next question from Kelly. Next two questions from Kelly. You have to do a 5k rather run it on the treadmill or in the snow. I'll take the snow. I'll take the snow for sure. Um, now if there's ice underneath the snow, uh, maybe, maybe the treadmill. Um, 
as much as I don't like the treadmill, I also don't like busting it on the, on the ice. Um, but still probably the snow, still probably the ice, still probably outside in the cold, as long as it's not a cold rain, but if it's snow, then that by definition, it's not raining. So I'll take, I'll take 5k in the snow for, uh, for if I have to, if I have to. Uh, that's, that's my final answer. Next question from Kelly. When you start running, do you always start on the same foot? I have no idea. Probably, probably because I am such a creature of habit and in such a routine that there's probably some level of, you know, whatever, but I, I can honestly say I've never thought about it now. I'll probably start thinking about it. Uh, so maybe I'll report back, but yeah, I mean, as long as my watch is going and the dog is on the leash, like I, whatever, right or left, it doesn't matter. It's gonna. It, it, those are the only two options, and you know, whichever one I start with, I'm gonna come with the other one next. So, um, so yeah, I definitely don't think about it, and I don't lose any sleep about it, and I'm not OCD enough to make sure I'm always starting on my right or my left, but probably my right. I don't know. Thanks for the question, Kelly. Uh, next, more nonsense questions from the short Dow contingent. Uh, first from Chris. Why do some socks have an L and an R on them? Well, because one's for your left foot and one's for your right foot, silly. Yes. And he says, yes, I know that that means which foot to put them on, but what's the purpose of that? Um, I mean, there's not much purpose. Like, like the, the purpose is, if we really want to get down to it, they, they, they'll say that the left sock and the right sock are kind of somewhat reinforced or, or there's a little bit of extra like arch support for your arch. You know, the, the, the stitching is a little bit more solid on the, the, the inner part, the inner arch area. So you want the left one on the left, left shoe to support your left or the left foot to support your left arch. Um, I mean, are you going to lose all functionality and they're not going to work if you, if you switch them around? No, no. So it's mostly marketing, little bit of, of stitching, um, but not enough to really make a difference. Like, it's not like if you have arch issues, you're like, Oh, I got my left sock put on my left foot. All my arch issues have come and gone. Like, no. Um, so, you know, like, I don't know, I guess I follow the rules. I wear my left sock on my left foot. Um, but definitely mostly hype, not really anything real technical about it, but they can, they can charge a little bit more. They can market it a little bit more as like, Hey, we have a right and left sock. You don't need any of those peon socks that are, that are unifoot. No, 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 no. Wear your left foot on your left, your left sock on your left foot because it does something, which I don't think it really does. So there you go. There's, there's, there's skeptic Diz coming out for you. Some things at the end of a year don't change my skepticism right up there on the list of things that don't, that, that doesn't often change from one year to the next, uh, next question from Chris. Do you prefer Siri or Alexa? I mean, really neither. Um, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I used Siri for anything, although she's probably going to say something to me now. Cause I've said the name a couple times. Um, couldn't tell you the last, I mean, I guess I use Alexa because I'll just tell her to play Dave Matthews band on Sirius XM radio. Uh, and she'll do that for me. Um, but I was, like, I don't use either of them for anything important. Uh, I just use Alexa to play music and that's about it. So I guess I prefer Alexa, but yeah, neither of them, neither of them hold a, I, I curse both of them more than I care about either of them. If that, I think, I think answers the question. Um, Another one from Chris. This will be a good one for an audio podcast. What's your favorite running picture that's ever been taken of you during a race? What about your worst? Yeah, that's that's a great a great question for a, an audio format. I'll point you back to uh, to the show notes, disruns.com slash 1009. I'll post each of those pictures. Um, the best one, I've had a couple of good running pictures. Um, 
it's some races, some, some fall races where it was nice and cool. The photographers were early in the, like a good, couple good pictures from Pocatello, a couple good pictures from, um, the seven bridges marathon. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll pick one of those, a couple of good ones there. And then, uh, definitely, probably, definitely, definitely, probably there's a dizzism if ever there was one. Um, but, uh, I have a, a finish line ish picture from the running with the bears marathon. That just is, is a disaster. That was when I was in the, in the throes of some level of heat exhaustion. Um, not my finest moment. I survived it thankfully. Um, but yeah, just, just misery, misery all over my face. I guess technically the race was over. Um, I, 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 I'm sure I've had some terrible running photos, but, uh, not that any, I don't think I have any real terrible running photos that I can post. So, uh, check out the show notes for the pictures. Um, but yeah, great question. Short, keep, keep them coming. Something like that. Next question from Melody, the other half of the clan. I think my question disappeared. What's harder, a white puzzle or running a marathon? I mean, you know, like, I don't, I did, it's like, which, which is better, you know, an, an apple or, um, a massage gun. Like there's, there's such different things. Like they're both, they're both hard in different ways. Um, I enjoy both of them, you know, for, for context, been working on a, a puzzle that Melody sent me a couple of years ago that they just haven't had the right time to do it yet. Still don't necessarily have the right time to do it, but it finally just bite the bullet and do it. But it's just all, it's actually more silver than white. The, the, the box makes it looks white, but it's more silver, but it's just all uniform color you just got to kind of put it together based on the shape of the pieces. And, um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's, it's super fun. It's a challenge. It's not easy. Uh, it's a different type of puzzle. I'm, I'm, I enjoy difficult puzzles. Like I've never met a, a puzzling challenge that I wasn't up for. Um, and, and like, I'm, I'm really enjoying it and kind of wish I wasn't recording this right now, but was actually working on the puzzle, but you know, adulting, we talked about that recently. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, am loving the puzzle. It's, it's challenged, but it's fun. It's rewarding. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm making good progress on it. Kind of like a marathon, you know? So, so which one's harder? I mean, it, to me, they're, they're, they're different challenges. I enjoy both challenges. Um, and I would embrace doing both types of challenges again in the future, whether it's, you know, difficult puzzles or more marathons, both, both hopefully will be in my future. Um, but I can't say which one's harder. Like, I mean, you know, for some people, it's going to be obviously one for some people. It's going to be obviously the other. I like them both. So, you know, neither, neither of which is harder. They're just different, different. Um, so there, there we go. Not answering a question. Kind of my forte. Why do next question also from Melody, next couple from Melody. Um, why do people in your neighborhood throw their trees out on the 26th? That's the fastest I've ever seen. I honestly don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I took the dog out on, on, on the day after Christmas morning, 26th, of, of December, uh, like five o'clock in the morning before I went off on my long run. And I saw a, a Christmas tree already drug out to the curb, uh, to be gotten rid of. And it's just like, like, I don't know when the person got the Christmas tree. I'm assuming that they got it early in the year, but real Christmas, you know, go back to money. Not that everything's about money, but apparently in today's episode, lots of things about money, real Christmas trees in Florida are expensive AF. Like I remember, and you know, times have changed, of course, like inflation and yada, yada, yada. But like, I remember going to the Christmas tree lot as a kid, you know, $25, $30, you got yourself a pretty good Christmas tree. Uh, now, granted, that's northern Michigan where, you know, the Christmas trees are literally grown on the other side of the county. So the, the transportation costs are minimal. And, um, you know, and again, it was a simpler time back in the late 80s. But like that same tree down in, down here this time of year or, you know, this, this day and age, 21st century trees are going to cost, you know, $120, $130, $150. 
And so I feel like if you're going to go through the, the, the pay the cost of buying a proper Christmas tree, like, I mean, I'm putting the thing up in, in November and keeping it up until June, you know, like I'm going to get the most bang for my buck as possible. Um, and so to see him drag him out on the 26th, I've seen multiple trees in the neighborhood in the 26, 27, 28, like just, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know why you throw it out that quickly. Um, I mean, probably just because the you know the, the trees were harvested in August and uh, the needles have been spray painted green and uh, you know dropping needles faster than, uh, than 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 it can hold onto them at this point and so you just get sick of vacuuming. I mean, that's probably why. But at that point, just buy a fake tree and you can keep it up. And I mean, for the cost of one real Christmas tree, you can buy a fake tree and then you're good for like a decade. So I don't know. I don't know why everybody's throwing them away already, but it's, it's been surprising to me how many trees are on the curb. I mean, like the one on the 26th that I saw it, it, it got drug out on the 20, like Christmas day. It was down. No, no question. Christmas, Christmas night, I guess not Christmas day, but the, the evening of Christmas. Cause I know, I know the lady, she didn't drag it out at five o'clock in the morning and just beat me out there. She wasn't up yet. So she, she tore it down on Christmas day, which I just, I don't, why even put it up if you're taking it down the same day? Like, it doesn't make sense. But whatever, to each their own. Um, you know, we just take pictures of it and post it on the internet. So there's there's that. Um, another one from Melody. What are your running goals for the new year? To be determined. Another one from Melody. What are your non-running goals for 2022? To be determined. Apparently, you didn't see Brooke's question because she already asked those questions. But, uh, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I still got a couple days to, to formulate. So be patient. Uh, another one from Melody. As you... <laughs> As you answer this question while recording the episode, what time is it? Just wondering. It is 11.52 a.m. on uh, Tuesday, the 28th of December. Recording this one on, on the Tuesday instead of the like the Thursday when I normally would because uh, we got some more family Christmas-ish plans and uh, it either gets done today or it's not going to get done. So here we go. Doing it a little early. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, one more from Melody and then we can get back to some real questions. Chris has a lot of huge races slash runs this year. Be honest. Is it a bit much signed a worried wife? Um, you know, no, it's not too much. Is, is there ever too much? I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point too much of a good thing is a, is a good thing. Um, but he'll be, he'll be just fine. Melody. Don't worry. Don't worry. Your little heart, old little Chris, he'll do just fine with all his nonsense races that he's doing this year. And a few not so nonsense races as well. Um, but I appreciate your concern. He's in good hands. We'll take good care of him. Okay. I promise you. I promise you. We'll have him ready to go. Next question from Sharon. Is it too late? No, not too, almost too late, but you got your question in in time. Don't worry. Uh, foam rolling every day, a few times a week after every run. So foam rolling is one of those things, Sharon, where like in theory, the more the merrier. Um, but, but my, my personal and pseudo professional opinion is that consistency is king. So I say that to give you this example and hopefully it makes sense. Like if you did two really in-depth, like maybe 30 minute foam rolling sessions per week. So you're getting an hour of foam rolling per week. And, and like, I mean, you're really digging in and you're hitting everything and like really hammering each muscle. Like, I don't think that's bad. I think there'd be benefit from that. But I would make the argument that you'd be better off getting five minutes per day. Maybe not ever really digging in as deep and being quite as thorough, but hitting the muscles a little bit 
every day. So you're getting only 35 minutes per week in that example, but you're getting it every single day instead of having one day and then three days in between and then another day and a couple of days, like, no. So I think that, that every day isn't necessarily required, but the more times you can do it per week, the better. So maybe every day is the, the ideal, but you know, if you're hitting it four or five times a week, that's pretty legit. Certainly a lot better than what I'm, what I've been doing of late. Um, which again, part of the, the formulation of goals for the year is to try to figure out some way to have a little bit more of a foam rolling goal than just to foam roll more. Because if recent history has taught us anything, it's that me saying my goal is to foam roll more doesn't work. So yeah, I mean, I think that every day is the ideal, but, uh, you know, the more, the more, the merrier for sure. And definitely better off to get a few minutes per day than like one or two days per week where you really just go to town. Uh, but then you don't do anything foam rolling wise the rest of the week. So hope that makes sense. Hope that helps you. Definitely for me, at least always feel better after I get done foam rolling, just never quite get to doing the foam rolling, which is the problem. Uh, next question, next three questions, you know who it's from. If we're getting to the, the, towards the end of the list and I got a three block from somebody, you know what it's time for. It's time for the drum roll, please. But the Tom trifecta. Here we go. First question from Tom. Uh, I heard recently of someone using only Coca-Cola as their marathon fuel, no food or other liquids, just Coke. Would you recommend or try this? Um, I don't know that I would recommend it, but I wouldn't necessarily try to talk someone away from it. Um, and I would absolutely be open for, for trying it. Now I'm not a big, I'm not the biggest Coke fan. Um, but, but if you really kind of like break it down and think about it, like what is, what is Coke? It's sugar water with caffeine, right? What is certain types of tailwind? It's sugar water with caffeine and it's got some salt mixed in as well. Um, but depending on how much you sweat, depending on what the weather conditions are, replacing electrolytes during a marathon may not be that big of a deal for you. Like if, as long as you've taken in some salt leading up to the race and it's not a thousand degrees outside and you don't sweat like a, you know, freaking I don't know what you, you don't sweat like a, like pigs don't sweat. You don't sweat too much. You know, you're not, you're not a super heavy, salty sweater. Um, you probably at least potentially don't need to replace any electrolytes. And so now you just, you just want some sugar and a little shot of caffeine at a couple times throughout the race. I mean, sounds, sounds good to me. Like I've definitely fueled using just liquids on race day. No issues. I, I mean, I, I don't know why it would be a problem. It's just, it's just because it's not like Gatorade, right? Because it's not, uh, some energy gel or it's, it's not, it's not packaged as a, as a performance enhancer, but it's, it, if you break it down, it's the same, it's flat Coke is the same thing as Gatorade, except it also has caffeine and it doesn't, but it doesn't have salt. All right. So, so, so you're making that trade off. But again, if, if, if that's what you need and that's what the conditions say is, is, is okay. Um, I mean, it would work. It, it would absolutely work. And I, I definitely, um, don't see a problem with it. Don't see a problem with it again, provided that that works for you, you know, and, and, and you're getting what you need in that situation. I mean, yeah, sure. Rock and roll. It, Cause again, no, no, no real, uh, difference unless, unless you want to, you know, if you really break it down compared to any other type of, of drink, you know? And, and so sure. Rock on. Rock on. Next question from Tom. Is there a professional runner past or present who inspires you? Who and why? Um, you know, like not really. 
you know, I mean, obviously there's, there's plenty of runners that are, that are inspiring, um, in their own, in their own, in their own manner. Uh, Dean Carnassus is pretty inspiring. Uh, Prefontaine, pretty inspiring. Um, so many pros, so many elites are, are Meb and Des and, and, you know, I mean, there's so many, there's so many, but like, there's not really any one that I could just point to that's like, Oh, this is, this is the one, this is the one who inspires me the most. Um, in, in large part, because, and this, this may sound not quite the way I, I mean it, but whatever. Um, I don't care that much about professional elite runners. Like again, they're inspiring. What they do is incredible. What they're capable of is incredible. Way beyond what I can do. But because it's way beyond what I can do, like, I just don't see myself in them very often. Like, I'm not logging 100 plus miles per week. I'm not sleeping 12 hours a night. Like, I like I don't get my paycheck because of how my race performance is. So, like, like it's just such a different world of running between myself and them that, like, that's not what inspires me. What inspires me is somebody who I can see myself in, somebody who has a family, somebody who has a day job, somebody who still gets out there and, and gets their gets their miles in and still takes care of their body and still gives it their gives their best on race day. Um, and I don't want to call anybody out specifically. And, and I may not even have a real specific person, but that type of person is much more inspiring to me than any elite professional runner. Um, and, and again, I don't say that with as any type of dig towards the pros again, they're, they're awesome. And I've had a chance to chat with several of them on the show over the years. Um, but I'm more inspired by real runners, which is probably why you don't hear me talking to the elites very often on the podcast these days, because I just, I just have such a much more difficult time relating to them that I don't find those conversations as interesting. Not that they're not interesting, but they're just not as they're not that I can't relate. So they don't inspire me as much as as people like you, people like, like me. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I don't mean to duck the question, but I, I couldn't like, there's not any professional runners that I'm really inspired by, uh, at least as far as that I could really identify and say, this is the person and this is why there there's, they're all great, but I can't relate. So I don't know. I don't know. Good question. Terrible answer as, as is somewhat the case often around here. Anyway, last question from Tom. Last of the trifecta. This is a uh, this is a question right here. Which is worse, Cadbury eggs, candy corn, or treadmills? I'll tell you what. One of these things is not like the other. Treadmills don't like like we all know where I stand on treadmills. We all know how much I do not care for Satan's sidewalk. Yet treadmills, the, the, the treadmill, like the, like I don't know which one it would be worse between. Like I could make an argument for both candy corn and Cadbury eggs to be worse than the other. I can't, I can't even put treadmills in the same sentence. Like treadmills are not great. Treadmills are not something I enjoy. Treadmills are not something I would ever care to run on again. But I'll, I'll take a treadmill over a Cadbury egg or a piece of candy corn any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Absolutely. So, so that one's definitely off the list. Which is worse? Um, you know, my, my gut wants to say that Cadbury eggs are worse because that, that cream nonsense, that, that disgustingness that that's inside the Cadbury eggs is just, it's just that it's disgusting. However, the Cadbury egg is at least partially chocolate and I like chocolate. So like, uh, candy corn is just terrible, but at least it's like a, it's, it's, it's a uniform consistent. It's a uniform wax consistency throughout. Um, and so like, I, I'm not getting surprises when I bite into it. 
it's just like, oh, this is just gross. As opposed to like, oh, Cadbury, like chocolate. Oh, ah! So yeah, I, I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll hedge slightly and say that Cadbury eggs are worse than candy corn. Um, but it's not by, it's not by a lot. Um, but it's nowhere near like a treadmill is nowhere near the, the depths of terribleness of a Cadbury egg or a piece of candy corn. Just, just abominations of candy that should be just eliminated. Just, ugh, ugh. Thanks for the questions, Tom, as always. Uh, last three, not from Tom, but last three, two of which are from Santina. First one, setting ABCD goals for a race. Can you give me some insight slash examples of race day goal setting? So the idea with multiple goals, and, and quite frankly, Santina, you, you hear some people say that if you give yourself multiple goals, that you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, right? Because you'll, you'll just default to whatever the quote unquote easiest goal is. Um, and, and like, while I can, I can understand the logic I disagree when it comes to, to race day because there's just so many variables that play on race day that you have no control over. And so to, to say that, you know, my goal for race day is to get is, is X, Y, Z. It's, it's a two hour half marathon, just making stuff up, but say that, say that's your, your goal and no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's my goal. Well, like if it's 95 degrees outside or if it's 31 degrees and it's freezing rain and so it becomes an ice skating rink out there. Or it's, it's, you know, a mountain race as opposed to a, a nice flat sea level race. Like there's so many of those variables that are at play. And obviously, I mean, you know, the course can, you know, the, the course layout probably, but like weather conditions, you don't know what it's going to be like necessarily. Um, you know, what other runners do, what your GI system does. Like there's so many things that, that can go sideways on race day that to say that come hell or high water, I'm going to hit the two hour marathon. And that's my only goal. Like, Hopefully that can drive you to success, but there's a lot of reasons that it could it could go sideways and you could end up at a 2:15 mar- half marathon that were completely outside of your control and that was that was hands down the best you could have possibly done that day given the situation. So I like having multiple goals on race day or multiple things that you can kind of hang your hat on as far as success based on the fact that there's a lot of variables at play and you never know exactly how it's all going to shake out. So you know, for, uh, for an example, and it is, again, it's hard to, um, kind of go, uh, super specific with, with given examples, kind of like with my strength training, uh, routine and, and, uh, whose question was that? Let me scroll back here. Uh, Kylie's question. I was going to say Kelsey and I knew that didn't sound right, but Kylie's question about my strength training routine. It's hard. It's hard to go into specifics as a general example, but, but, you know, let's say we're talking first half marathon, right? And so maybe your, your first goal is to just finish the thing. You know, and, and ideally that just finished the, the goal or finished the race goal is more or less a gimme. Like things could happen. Things could go sideways. There could be some type of, of fluky injury. Um, lightning could strike and that could co- close, close the course down or whatever. But more, more than likely, like the, the seagull is pretty comfortable. You're going to finish. Okay. So, so, all right. So there's one goal that even if things could really go sideways and it's a pretty miserable day, like I finished, Hey, mission accomplished then your B goal would be something that's, that's a slight push. That's not a gimme certainly. Um, but it doesn't require a superhuman human effort. It doesn't require the stars to be perfectly aligned and everything to go, go exactly perfect on race day. So maybe that's, maybe it's a new PR. Maybe it's a time goal. Um, you know, maybe it's a PR by just a few seconds, 
or you know, just a real small PR, something like that, that, that you feel like based on how training is gone, how things are looking, this is doable, but it's going to, it's going to take a pretty good effort. And then like, maybe your A goal is like, everything pretty much has to go perfectly. So maybe it's like a, a you know, a five minute PR or it's, it's a Boston qualifying time. Although I guess if our examples for a half marathon, that wouldn't suffice, but you know, maybe it's to break two hours for the first time or whatever it might be. And so, you know, that, that maybe doesn't require everything to be perfect because not everything is ever going to be perfect, but it requires a really good effort, the conditions to be pretty good things to kind of work out pretty well. Like we would have planned. Right. So, so if everything goes well, Hey, you, you swing for the fences, you end up with a goal. That's awesome. If everything goes pretty well, but just it, 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 not everything quite clicks, you, you, you give it all you got, you end up with a new PR. Hey, there we go. The, you know, still, still hit your B goal. That's awesome. Still a win. And if it's just a day where everything, everything's just sucky, your, your stomach can't, can't handle it. You stop at the porta potty four times. Uh, the weather's terrible or somebody cuts in front of you and that screws, screws things up or throws it off. But Hey, you made it to the finish line. Still a win, still a win. So obviously those can scale up and down based on goals. So like, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at it at the half marathon I'm running next month, like just finishing is not going to be on my, my radar in terms of, of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, G. Like, it's not going to be on my, my goal list. Like I'm going to finish the half marathon. Like that's, uh, unless, unless that's the, the day that they put me in the ground, I'm going to finish the half. Okay. Um, so, so for me, maybe like my seagull would be like, sub two hours, which should like, that should be a gimme. Like, unless again, unless there's some injury, unless I blow a, blow a hammy or pop a, an Achilles at mile seven, like I'm going to finish inside of two hours. Hopefully I didn't just jinx myself, but like, like that's where it would might maybe scale. So maybe like sub two hours would be my, my seagull, um, you know, sub one fifty or right about one fifty would be my, my B goal. And then a new PR, something short of, of one forty five would be my A goal. Um, which is probably close to what my, my goals will end up looking like for the race day. Um, but, but you know, they're going to scale up and down based on training and, and expectations and experience and things like that. Um, but that's kind of what, what I think about when I think about goals, what's, what's a gimme pretty much a gimme makes that my C goal solid work, but maybe not everything perfectly is a B goal. And then a goal is like things really worked out well, really went according to plan. Um, doesn't happen all the time, but swing for the fences type of situation. So hopefully that makes sense and helps you kind of wrap your head around setting goals for races coming up in the new year. Uh, next question also from, from Santina. Um, when mostly running easy during training, how do you know how much faster you can go during a race? How do you come up with a pace strategy for a race, especially for a new distance? So, um, that's, that's one of those, uh, as much art as it is science questions, Santina, and that, and that you're right. It's hard. It's hard to, to really nail down what to expect on race day when you're not running easy, when you're not running maybe by heart rate, or at least by what feels easy to you. Um, when you, when you're going to sell out, when you're going to push the pace, when you're going to dig deep and, and keep grinding, uh, you know, those last few miles when it's, when it's difficult, um, and, and you can't rely on the, well, I've done this in training a bunch of times because you're running at paces that you don't train at regularly, certainly for that type of, of duration, because race versus running easy, like you said. Um, and yeah, you throw in a new distance, you know, training for your first half or your first full or whatever, uh, into the mix. And that's, that's a whole nother level of uncertainty and, and never been here before and don't know what to expect. So, um, I, 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 I can't give you a solid black and white. I can't give you a, if you train at X, you can plan to race at Y scenario because it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Um, 
when, when I'm doing it for myself, not recommending this for anybody else necessarily, but when I do it for myself, it kind of boils down to, I have an idea of what I think I might be capable of in terms of paces and finishing times and things like that. And how that works out to X number of pace per mile. Um, but I basically just turn everything off on my watch. Like I have my watch going, but instead of being able to see my heart rate and see my, my pace per mile and see my distances and things like that, like I would normally do on a training run, I basically just turn it to where I think it shows my, maybe my total distance and just what time it is or how long I've been running. I have no speed feedback. I have no heart rate feedback. Sure. I can do the math and kind of figure out what, what pace I'm going. Um, but I don't, I don't tend to do that math on race day and I just run by what I'm feeling. And more often than not, I'm pretty close to what my goals might be. Sometimes I'm, I'm a bit ahead. Sometimes it, it's a bit worse than it. I come up a bit short. Um, occasionally I hit the home run once in a while, completely blow up. Um, but I kind of just try to, to trust my body, trust what I'm feeling. Um, and granted I've got a little bit of experience doing this. So there's a little bit more of th- that goes into it or that helps make it a little bit easier to just trust how I'm feeling and, and push accordingly. Um, but I kind of just do it like that. Now for somebody else, you know, as, as a coach, I might put a little bit more guidelines into place, but I'm looking at, you know, kind of what you've been doing recently, what kind of easy paces you've been running, how some of your workouts have gone. Cause, cause, um, there is a little bit of, of method to the madness sometimes as far as what workouts we do, depending on what races you're going for, what your goals might be. Um, but honestly, a lot of times, like, especially if you're stepping up to a new distance, which I guess I know that you're kind of doing right in the new year. Um, I'm a lot less aggressive on pace goals and pace strategies when you're going to be into such uncharted water. Like let's finish, let's get across the finish line. Um, maybe we set some goals that are, are less pace related and more towards like, you know, if you're doing a run walk, not that you necessarily are of course, but just talking in generalities here, let's just stick to our run walk intervals. Let's not worry about what the finish time ends up being. Let's just stick to the intervals, something that you have a little more control over. Um, and then we'll worry more about paces for the next time through. So all that to say, when it comes to setting pace strategies and pace goals for a race, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, some of it's what you've been doing in training. Some of it's what we think is realistic from other races, whether it's races at the same distance or some of the, some shorter races. Like, you know, if, if you've run, um, a two hour marathon, which is like nine hours and five second per mile pace. Um, we're not going to come up with like a, and that's, and that's, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but that's the fastest marathon you run. Well, we're probably not going to set out to try to run a three hour and 30 minute half marathon or uh, sorry, three hour and 30 minute marathon. Right. So we're not going to try to worry about going something at that pace. So, so there's a little bit of, I don't want to say common sense, but a little bit of common sense, a little bit of, of what's realistic. Uh, lots of, lots of things that come into the stew, lots of, lots of things that are considered. Um, and it's kind of a sum of all the parts, arts and science, a little bit, a little bit of guessing, a little bit of blind faith, a little bit of hope for the best, uh, a little bit of, here's what we've been doing. Um, and then just kind of trust in the process. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is there's not a good answer for how do you come up with race day paces when you've been mostly running easy. Um, you just, you just kind of figure it out, which is a terrible answer to the question. And it's not like I, there's some secret sauce that I have as a coach. Um, it's just kind of some, some of it's trust in your gut. Some of it's trust in the, 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 the work you've done that is all going to work out. Um, 
a little bit of an educated guess sometimes as well. So if there's if, if there ever there was a confidence boost for like, hey, let's hire Diz as the coach because he's going to put a best guess scenario, trust in his gut, race day plan together. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's kind of how it works out. Um, seriously, a little bit more to it than that. And, and, and again, you know, something I've said before, not that this is all about hiring me as your coach, but like the longer that I've worked with somebody, you know, like, like the more bits and bobs and bits of information and previous histories that, that come into it, the, 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 I don't want to say that it's easier, but the better, maybe I'm able to fine tune that race strategy as opposed to somebody that I just started working with, you know, a few weeks ago, it's, it's a lot more of kind of hoping for the best. So, um, but that's, that is kind of how it comes out is it's just kind of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, some hunches here, here are some workouts we've done. Here's what we've done in the past. Um, and it kind of just an amalgamation of things that come together to kind of help put some pace guidelines or expectations in play. Um, and then we see how it works out on race day, which is exciting and scary all at the same time. But, uh, hopefully that gives you confidence in me, Santina. <laughs> well, we're going to, we're going to have a good year. You're going to have a good year. Um, but yeah. That's, that's how I work. That's how I roll. <laughs> Last but not least from Michaela, I've heard sand is a good hill slash elevation trainer and I love beach running. Do you think it would work for hill prep or should I go find some overpasses to run upon? Um, you know, I, I mean, this is one of those, those types of, of sometimes you just got to work with the best you got. Um, obviously running in the sand, loose sand is difficult. It's a challenge. Lots of, it works your body in different ways. I wouldn't say that it's an apples to apples substitute for, for hill running. Um, and, and your, your body is not going to work exactly the same way running on relatively flat beachy sand as it would to running up a decent incline. Um, but if that's the best you got, then that's, it's better than nothing. It's certainly going to help you be more prepared for some slogs and some uphills than running flat pavement, right? It's not, not going to be the same, but it's better than nothing. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes is it, would it be a bad idea to go hit the overpasses once in a while to actually experience running some ups and some downs? Probably would be a good idea. Um, but if you like beach running and you have access to the beach, I mean, nothing wrong with making that a a regular part of your, your training diet. Um, and it's definitely going to help you get stronger, help you be, be, um, especially on some of the, if you're running kind of hilly trails, uh, some of the uncertainty of footing of the trails, like there's, there's some carry over there as well. So I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't say it's, it's an equal, you know, this for that type of situation, but it's going to definitely going to help you be prepared for some, some tough races, um, training on, on the sand. So, um, so yeah, if you enjoy it, if you're one of those crazy type of people that likes running on the beach, which I am not, um, go for it, go for it. It'll, it'll help you for sure. And with that, we are approaching an hour and, well, we're probably at about an hour and 45 minutes and we are at the finish line. We made it. We made it through another Q&A episode. We made it through another month. We made it through another year. Hat, hat tip. Round of applause. 2021 can, uh, can, can go the way of the dodo now because we've got a Q&A episode done, dusted, and in your ears and you've made it all the way through to the end of it. So, uh, thanks. Thanks y'all for, uh, the time and attention today. Hope you enjoyed this one. As always curious to hear your feedbacks. What did I get right? What did I get wrong? Probably more wrong than right as per usual, but, uh, at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. You can always hit me up there. You can also slide into the, uh, the email inbox at Diz runs at gmail.com. And you can of course head over to today's show notes, 
Dizruns.com slash 1009. We got memes for most of the questions. We got a couple of race day best and worst photos. Thanks to Chris's ridiculous question. And, uh, of course, we got that comment section down at the bottom. You can get your questions answered there. Rick, your friend, can also find out coaching information from the website once he gets over there. Dizruns.com slash 1009. And, uh, yeah, you want to be part of the, the nonsense next month? You want uh, a block of questions or just slide in with one or two? Uh, the Facebook group is the best place to, to, uh, to come be a part of because then you'll see the post. And that way, your questions don't get lost in the shuffle, which does happen from time to time when somebody sends a question via, you know, email or something like that. I get those questions once in a while. I try not to lose them, but it does happen. Uh, but disruns.com slash Facebook is the is the link right to the groups page. Uh, you can also just search for the Disruns Tribe and join the party there uh, next time you're on Facebook. We'd love to have you. Always room for more, as long as uh, you're not a douche. So if you're a douche, just stay home. But if you're if you want to be want to have some fun with us, come join the party. Uh, in what I think is the best running Facebook group out there. Uh, certainly that's the goal. Maybe a group that spawns a few uh, Ragnar events in the coming years as well. So thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for making it through another year with me. Uh, hopefully 2022 is uh, a good one for all of us on all fronts, running life and everything between. Uh, but I'll be I'll be around. I'm not planning on going anywhere, good Lord willing. And uh, hopefully you'll continue to, to take me with you for various runs and workouts and work around the house and running errands and all those types of things. And uh, until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for the time and attention. I appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later.